complicated for me to do. What are you reading? Okay. What are you reading? We're not live yet on here, so don't worry about it. It's coming out the woodwork. I can't even, I don't, I need to delete Facebook off my phone because I I was mad yesterday. I was big mad. I don't need to be yelling at people on the internet. Uh, Were you yelling at people on the internet? Fuck yeah, I was. I I stay doing that. Do you? Only on the stuff that like pertains to like stuff, like the dance community thing. I've been very vocal on that issue. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jenna, I can't do this with you right now. I can't. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> fuck. Okay, so we're... You ain't in the frame. You gotta here. come over. I'm in a frame. God, we're all, like, at the very bottom of this shit. because it's a couch. Because it sinks all in. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we Can I do it? We do Can I, I have an idea. What's up? What if we sit like this? One, two, three, and then you put that right there so you can get a wide frame. I know it might not sound as good, but at least it'll back up. Well, the sound is the most important part. I mean, I know yeah. our pretty faces need to be seen and everything, but <laughs> but it, the sound is the most important part. So that just goes to down right there for a second, and maybe if I even put it lower, is that is that lower? Like if I put the laptop on that and prop it, is that lower down? Uh, yeah. Okay, and then back it way up. I always underestimate how long this fucking shit takes. Like, I always underestimate this shit. Um, tell me what it looks like. That's better. It is better? Okay, I don't have to sit on the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> You're propping yourself up. You know what? However you feel comfortable. <laughs> oh, that does look better. Oh, I'm going to have to Okay. So, are you guys leaving that gap for me in the middle? Is that what's you happening? You want to get up in here? I want to get up in there. Um... Let me get my notes and let's get started. Damn, we have to so, sit hella close. I'm not going to be able to wave my arms around. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I don't talk Look, with my hands. I, do, I hella You don't talk with your hands? Yeah, you don't. Mm-mm. You're very, like, stoic. Just listen to the words that come out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> she literally is. Listen to Finn's energy yeah. coming out of his body. Right? Okay, so we're going to start live now. Um, and let me make sure that this shit fucking works. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing they hear. <laughs> Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Black Girl from Eugene. You are not in the frame, honey bun. Come on over. Get in <laughs> As you know, um, here we are. I'm always trying to figure out different places because of the COVID-19. I haven't gone back to the studio. So again, you guys are very far away from me. And so I cannot see who's coming up and like, can you guys read that? No. Okay, can you read it? I can't, I don't, it's no, very okay. small. <laughs> so I, I will go back and answer any questions Feel free to speak amongst yourselves, but we're not going to be able to answer your comments. Um, before we get started, and I introduce my lovely guest, who I'm sure most of you already know, <laughs> um, I want to have a couple announcements. Uh, my nonprofit, Black Gold Culture Camp, is now, um, is not affiliated or working, well, that's not true. It's just not affiliated with NAACP at this point. We are a separate program, and so if you are interested in any information about Black Gold, go to the Facebook web page or Facebook page now and so you can understand what Black Gold is about. I, we have a website coming up. There's lots of things that are going on, programs underneath that nonprofit that's happening. Um, the other thing I'm trying to remember, my Patreon, holy shit. You guys have come out and supported, <laughs> right? And I know we're not finished, so I'm gonna definitely put the uh, link back up, but I just wanna say thank you so much for everyone who's been showing up and who is willing to support me with $5 a month or more. I appreciate you so much. Um, and I will put the link up again. Keep that going, y'all. <laughs> Push it a 
difference. Uh, it's already making a difference. Um, okay, so basically today we are going to talk about, um, what did I say? Like just this kind of inundation and uh, the way we're feeling, the overwhelm. Mm. So please welcome Vanessa Hello. Andrea. <laughs> And I want you guys to feel comfortable. Just say whatever you want to say. Talk okay. over. It doesn't matter. This okay. is a conversation. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, I'm ready for you, Dre. You're ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, okay. So this, 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 what we were talking about here is something we have all been experiencing. I, I kind of want to like take a deep breath for a moment and just be like, hold it. Yeah. And let it because I feel like right now what we are talking about is this exhaustion of this inundation of support. And like the question that we have for this episode or this show is, were we really invisible before? <laughs> like, did you guys, were we really not seen? Because the, the level of support that's coming out. Unreal. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, I mean, and I don't want this to go the wrong way. I want you guys to understand that we are actually looking at it like, this is amazing. But as we sit back as black folks, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, we're going, what, what, what was that? Like, where were all these people, you know, even a week ago? Right. Like, I mean, because it's like a 400% uptick. You yeah. Know, I mean, what, what, is your, what is your inbox looking like? <laughs> Um, well, after I posted a status telling people to stop messaging me, my inbox yeah. was flooded on Instagram and on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I had someone apologize to me for something that happened two years ago. Wow. Because they included themselves in uh, a post that I made about black women and empowering black women, uh, white female. She said, I'm just going to throw myself in there and I want to be included in this too. And I didn't even have to respond to her. I had a whole bunch of women of color come to her and be like, nope, that's not right. So two years later, she came to me and apologized to me because someone made her realize that what she said was incorrect and it was wrong and why it was wrong. Right. Oh, look, someone. Oh, Jenna, I'm so sorry. KEPW, so, I'm so sorry. This should be uh, airing on KEPW right now, and I'm having a connective issue, and it's not. So we'll be playing it later for KEPW, and I'm super sorry. Um, no, so sorry to interrupt you. You're, um, you're fine. Yeah, that, that, I, okay, so I, I'm going to be the devil's advocate for just a second. Okay. Um, because I'm thinking that white folks with their fragility, let's be honest, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of them feel like they need permission. But what does that actually say about their allyship? Because I don't think, I think we're not, we, it's really important for us not to mix up that this support right now for allyship. Right. You know what I mean? So they need permission in the sense that if it's, if everybody's cool with it all of a sudden, like, if, if my homegirl, if my friend is like, oh, I support, then I can support too type of thing. Because to me, that says, if it's trendy, if it's a movement, then I'll jump on the bandwagon. This is the problem. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. This is, this is the problem. Yeah. We are suspicious of the support. <laughs> suspicious. We are, we are looking we like, are. Mm. <laughs> just because we're wondering, like, will it be there in December? You When it's not, if it's not popular anymore, like, right. Black Death is very popular right now. So it's like, it's unfortunate to say, and I don't want to sound like I'm uh, unappreciative of all of a sudden these folks being like, you know what, I'm going to say something now. Mm -hmm. Like it's gotten so bad, I am so uncomfortable that now I can say something. I, I, I kind of understand that on two different ways, but you got to look at our perspective of this when we are sitting here and have been, we, we haven't done, changed anything that we've been doing. Nope. <laughs> Not Nothing thing. that we've been doing. Nothing. At all. So... 
when that happens and all of a sudden people who've been walking through you, you know, walking past you, walking around you, not saying anything, said something to, two years ago, wants to come back and, and apologize. You may not even have remembered what she did. I mean, it comes constantly. Right. It, and then she's coming like, please see me too. Mm-hmm. It just feels like to me, like, I just don't understand. Uh, no, I'm just suspicious of, of, um, no, that's, that's not even true. I'm like thinking to myself as I'm going, like, it's, I just don't, I want white folks to understand that this support, because you feel now moved to do it, is not allyship. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want that to be confused. It's support, which is great. Please continue. It's monetary support. It's you seeing black people. Mm-hmm. It's not allyship. No. No. And you said it yesterday when we were talking about people embodying what is going on. Yes. It's not just throwing money at it, not just the apology. I mean, that's happened to me too. We were talking, mm-hmm. people reaching out and apologizing. It's embodying what this, what it is mm-hmm. so that, so that it does continue. Right. And right. that's what I want. That's, I mean, that's where we're at. Like what, how do we do, how do we do that? How do we I, get people to get that? Well, I mean, I'm wondering, like I drove by, like when I was coming to the studio today, I drove by and I was like, um, I drove by this house and in my neighborhood and it had this huge sign. I mean, it was big mm-hmm. and it was at Black Lives Matter. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But I was like, but the movement started like five years ago, six years ago, eight, seven years ago. You know? and, I, and I'm wondering, is it because he feels more comfortable now that his neighbors know mm-hmm. why? Or like, what is it? Is it because white folks feel more comfortable because other white folks are talking about it? But when only black people were talking about it? It wasn't comfortable. That's before. absolutely the case. That's absolutely that has to, that's that's it. That's problematic, man. It is, <laughs> but that's what it is here. I don't know about other places, but for sure here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, doing saying that and moving forward, like that, that causes stress. <laughs> oh, right. Like holy shit, we're stressed because it's it's like this. We're trying now. We're trying to decide what who is our enemy and who is our friend. Like. Coming in closer to us, being like, yeah, black lives totally matter. And they're throwing money. And we're like, and then they're gone. And we're like, well, what did that mean? Right. And then we're like wondering, like, there's a lot of people coming at us. And we're like, who is safe and who isn't? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yeah. you were just saying someone was caught. Was, who was it? Was it you that were telling me about that? Someone was asking. No, maybe it was you. Asking about making a list of black businesses and yep. a white woman. Yep, and I was no, like, who man. are you? Who are you? I don't know. I'm not giving you my information. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the level of suspect. That's the level. That's it. Right. Yeah, and I and it's not wrong. It's because you guys got to understand, the people who are good meaning, like the heart of this this town, who's like, you know what? I, I was nervous. I'm sorry. You're right. I was scared that my white friends would be, like, talking about me, and now I realize that I was being stupid, so I'm putting my Black Lives Matter out there. I'm stepping out now. Good job. But realize that there are people out there now who are going to target us Mm -hmm. and target you. So you got to realize that when you are supporting something like Black Lives Matter and there's this historic, um, this historic history, this history around us violent. Mm -hmm. That means when you're, when you are putting that sign up, you are actually stepping into that just a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. So we have to be, black folks have been protecting ourselves against people who are not in our best interest all the time. So if you just come at us as if we're supposed to just accept it, right. you know, you got to realize that we have this space of being like, who? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who, who are you working for? Right. What you doing? Are you safe? Are you right. safe? Can I trust you? Can, 
what are you doing with my information? Mm-hmm. All of that. So just realize it's not like, well, I tried to talk to Dre and she was, you know, all like, didn't want to work with me and right. shit. Like, that's not what it is. Like, please understand that your graciousness is coming across when it's, when you're, you guys are all excited. You know, you're all excited and we're all going, we're all holding our breath. So just understand that, that connection, uh, when you're trying to like reach out to black folks as if we're, we're standing here waiting with our arms wide open. This is historical violence. This is not, this does not start with George Floyd or Brianna. Right. Or, you know, or Trayvon, or, and I, and I'm, with all respect to all the hashtags that have come before us, this did not start with them. I think we talked about Rodney King being 30 years ago. That's so crazy. You know what I mean? And we, 1968, I wasn't even born. Yeah. Same. Same, right? (laughs) Same. So we're talking about riots that happened in 1968, people dying, we got history books, that's the first thing we learn about, you know, and none of us were even born. So this is not new. Right, and devil's advocate just a little bit about people jumping on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Like, it has to start somewhere. Yes. You know, that at least that energy is like, if they didn't have it before, people weren't going to come out and support, put the sign up, whatever it is that they're doing, at least they're taking one little step. Because when people take that step, then you have the opportunity to step in and educate if you want to take it. That's right. But right, right now, we didn't even know who wanted to make that step because more often than not, people were just quiet. And isn't it interesting right now, who's not? Making that step? Mm-hmm. That, who's not making that it step? It certainly is. I thought it was it's really... a lot of people. There's a lot of people. It's a lot of people who were like at the, who were like hanging out before. Right. Who were in the cut. We're at the barbecue. <laughs> I can make a list. What's that about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, really think about even the people who are stepping up like, dang, I didn't, I didn't know I could. And now you are. Mm-hmm. And we welcome you. But are you looking at your white friends who aren't? And what's the conversation? Okay, like, <laughs> peeping, peeping you. Like, you know, and then what kind of conversation are you having with them? Are you having a conversation? I'm waiting. I've honestly been waiting for people to address me. I don't, really? like, if you haven't checked on me or come, you know, asked how I'm doing, like, shown your face, anything, you're suspect. Because shit's, go- can I swear? No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit's going down, man. And, yeah. like, if you don't realize that it's going to affect me and the kids in this studio, mm. you, you, you don't, you don't got it. No, I can't, I absolutely, absolutely can't have you around. I mean, you might have noticed if I haven't been, like, liking your ish, it may be because I don't <laughs> see you on my, it may be because I don't see you on my feed. Or it may be that you're real quiet. Right. And I ain't got time for you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at this point, I mean, I've already compromised myself. I, th- I think about that all the time. I, and I think about the dance community, you know, a lot here. Because that's mm-hmm. what I, in my salsa community, in my West African community, I have not danced here in over a year. You know what I mean? For lots of reasons. But, that, but main, a lot of the reason is that I don't feel like it's a space where I can be, like, myself that's the way problem. dance should be. And, mm. But the issue is that not that it's because the vibe before even now was that these white folks do not have my best interest in mind and they will use me for their benefit. And it, because when I'm being, when I'm saying my piece, it's, it's taken and pushed to the side. I can no longer participate in this space. That was over a year ago. Damn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just say that because we have to protect our energy. You know, and in Eugene, it's really hard when you're surrounded by a lot of good doers. The well-to-dos. The well-to-dos, well-to-dos. right? 
who their path of intentions, you know, is just, it's like, it, it's just empty. It, there's nothing behind it. The impact. Like, I always, people have been writing me, and I love the comments that I'm getting right now, because um, people are feeling very free to talk to me about things, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm so happy that my intention and my impact is lining up. Now, as people out there, the question about it is like, are you willing to look at your intention and then realize when people are not talking to you anymore mm -hmm. or people are not l looking you up and talking, you haven't had conversations with brown people yet, that you realize that your intention is not lining up with your impact? Can you look at yourself and be like, that's, that didn't work out? So <laughs> do you think that's like, because I've asked myself that, am I expecting too much of my white friends by not taking the initiative to reach out to them first? Like, am I being... No, girl. What are you talking about? I'm just putting it out there. I'm like, we didn't get it. Like, we're looking at you like, what? I'm putting it out there because to me, I feel like at this time, like, everybody should be using their voice, like, in some way, whether or not you're having a conversation in private or you know you're what? online or You know whatever. that meme I put up? I don't know if you saw it, but I said, all the big-hearted people, we are not saving nobody in 2020, Vanessa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where she was telling me that all the time. All, all right, right. Okay. Okay. Stop. 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 Like, it's, because it's not that I because you got a big heart. You're like everybody understand this, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not. Mm. I'm not like you know. Right. But the truth that's of too it much is, weight to be carrying. It's a. It's, I it's feel not, heavy, girl. You feel heavy. You, know you feel heavy. Yeah. You talk yeah. about it a lot. How yeah. heavy it is. It is. It's, it's like. The, the idea that you are that open-hearted is like, it's a beautiful thing, but at this point, it's like boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to put boundaries up. And yeah. I think some of our relationships are going to suffer. Yep. You know? It's Spiritual boundaries, emotional boundaries. Energetic. Ugh. All of it. All of it. Come over. I want you to see your beautiful face. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. No. All of that. Yeah. And it, I think that we are scared, too. I mean, don't. Don't like mistake all the strength and this walking head up and doing all. That's what we do, but we are like it sucks for us to to realize the person we thought was cool isn't stepping up right oh, now. God. We we some some of that point would be like we really would love to not have this conversation and kind of sometimes pretend too, but that is not the. <laughs> Not the reality. 2020, y'all. We, I ain't saving nobody. All right, I, I'm on the boat. I'm not saving anybody. Because you, what's the, what's the authentic friendship at that point? It's not. You know, you even just the always, connection doesn't even have to be a friend. Right, right. right. I mean, you're right. You right. We have to keep reminding it's her. Just <laughs> we don't have to keep reminding her. It's you so do job. Job. because I'm not. No, it's not your job. Because I be the person that's like, if I can just. Worded a different way. Yeah, that's your heart bleeding. If I can just talk to you a different way, if I can just look you in the eye and just maybe shed a tear real quick, like you know what I mean? I'm that person. Yeah, don't. Okay. Like don't do it. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Um, but yeah, don't. It's like I mean because it's like at some point it's like the hard love. At some point you're gonna be like, when are you listen? When when you're hearing this, when are you gonna listen and when are you gonna do better? Right. And if you're gonna stay at that level with them. Everyone else is is evolving and learning, okay, and you yeah. stuck back there with them trying to talk them into themselves. True, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. And then you miss out on the the evolution of the people who are there for you. Right. You know, we all want to witness each other go through this, right? And right. it's just, and I think a lot of this, this episode is about like witnessing the idea that like this, we were not invisible before. We no. have been saying that, and just realize that all of this love and support that's coming through, however it feels. To you, it, it's coming up across to us in lots of different ways. There's a lot of post-traumatic stress 
that is triggered, even when you say, I really love your show, I really love you, love you, if my response isn't, I love you, thank you, very, thank you very much, it's because I need a moment mm-hmm. to right. process, right. you know, a 400% uptick. <laughs> like, I need to process that shit, like, in good ways and in, like, overwhelming ways, right? right? Yeah. Okay, so anyway, I think that, um, oh, we went right into the overwhelming support. How have you dealt with it besides, like, ha- have you tried to, like, talk? Because you're real quiet over here. I know she's processing it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. have you, how have you dealt with this uptick and has it felt supportive to you? Uh, I leave people on red a lot. Oh, really? I don't respond to them. Mm-hmm. And some people, it's people who I don't know who want to <laughs> support and want to give me anything and everything that I need right now. And I just don't want it. There's some people that I will invite because I know that they're safe. But otherwise, I'm like, no, I'm not having it. So when you're feeling like you, you do you feel like it's invasive? Or how are you feeling about their approach to you? I feel like it's you? fake. Oh, it's fake. It's fake. She's really good. Drea's really good at that. She's good at being like, no. Oh, the boundaries. Yeah. She's yeah. so, you can feel Drea's boundaries over the phone. Right? <laughs> like straight up. Like straight up. Right? Like she's good at that though. That's a skill that I don't have. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, mean, I think that, did, did you grow up there? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. I could because no. boundaryless is a Eugene is a Eugene. Um, yep. uh, what's it like a gene or like a? a it's it's, it's a, a thing. cultural thing. It's, it's cultural. A, yeah, and being boundaryless is a cultural thing of Eugene. Mm-hmm. You know, you if you have boundaries in Eugene, you you have done some work. You know what I mean? So I get where you're coming from, being grown up here, and mm-hmm. I'm and I see where you're coming from, not being here. Because you can tell, <laughs> that's one of the first things you can tell by someone who's not from here when you're talking to them and they're like. Looking at you like, yeah, it's, it's all good. And you're like, oh, oh, you're not willing to share your life with me. You're not from here. Like, <laughs> that's so true. You're not from here. That's you know so true. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're not ready to hear my whole life? I don't, you're not going to show me yours? Okay. You know, and so <laughs> I, and the thing is, is like when I, I've lived other places, like for about 15 years and came back here, and the, the stark difference of this bubble of Eugene, mm-hmm. that is so crazy. It is mm-hmm. so crazy because it's like, Everyone wants to, it's, it's so fake and so, um, like pseudo welcoming. It's right. It is. It's like, you feel like you're welcome because you ain't never had nobody ask you all the like questions about who and how and what. And you're like, wow, they just really want to talk to me. They really want to. And then you set a boundary and they're like, oh, there's something wrong with you. Your energy. You're just so big. Yeah. Why are you so intimidating? (laughs) Intimidating. No, you are intimidated. (laughs) Not, not that I am intimidating. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between that. I'm just coming where I, how I come, right? Right. right. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, so the overwhelming support, I think it's awesome. We think it's bad. We think it's great. It's all about, if that's how everyone's feeling right now, Reparations. right? Reparations. Right. <laughs> you know what? Bring it up. Talk it's about true, it. It's true, though. Am I a fuck? Mm. No go. My <laughs> PayPal, my Venmo, my Cash App flooded mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. 24 hours yeah. of people just throwing money at me. Are yeah. you considering it like me. reparations or not? I consider it, I say reparations is a joke. I consider it guilt. Uh, mm. It is Girl, guilt speak money. speak that truth. I wonder if people are realizing that that's what their initial... Well, I'm not going to say everyone's guilty, but yes, it feels like a lot of white guilt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like a lot of white guilt. But what's the difference? Speak on that. Like, what's the difference between actually being like, you know what, you deserve this and I haven't been there for y'all and this is what I'm doing. Not because I feel like I, it's bad. I feel like, oh, shit, I, I said something to her. I bet she, when she read that post, it was about me. I need to show up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, the, that's the conversation. Yeah. You know what's happening, right? right? So what is the difference for you, even for me, like the difference between someone having, like saying, 
you deserve this and and we've been late you know versus I feel I really sad and kind like I'm like shrinking into my whiteness and here you go I just like don't know what else to do I got a lot of that some of it was like self-care like take this and and do something for yourself right now some mm-hmm. of it was like you deserve this and more but this is all I can give right and then some of it didn't even have a message it was just like here's the money yeah yeah so, you appreciate that yeah that feels like it's real for you right right yeah um for me, uh, I girl, I was real jealous about that bag you got. I was like, okay, oh, right? Let's talk about that. That was nice. <laughs> Dropped the bag of love and left. <laughs> she what? did. She did. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was so that. But I got some uh, people have been giving me self care stuff that that has been like clutch. You yeah. know, um, Rita. Hey. So like, um, I mean, honestly, like I got this this. With that, I feel these are people that I've known who I don't think are performative in any way. And she and the people who have come to me, even um, my neighbor, who's amazing, they, they have just been like, like, not in my bubble, mm-hmm. not in my bubble at all. Just kind of like, how's, how's it going? What's going on? It, recognizing and acknowledging the overwhelm mm-hmm. and the pain and then just going, I got I, I do this. I make tea or I make tinctures or I make this. They're not even telling me about that. They're just dropping it off. Mm-hmm. It's not like, let me know if you know. It's just, here you go. Right. That's great mm-hmm. because it's recognition of the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, also, I feel like getting having conversations with people because it's a weird situation for me because this is what I do as my in my nonprofit. Like, I have conversations with people about, you know, I have cultural mentorships conversations about their whiteness, about their black children, about the disconnection between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, those are kind of what I do. So the boundary around that right now is a little fuzzy because I think people are are asking more of me and I'm giving more of me, but they're not the money's not coming directly for that. So I'm getting like my Patreon is on fire and but I feel like that is coming along with I'm hoping, I'm praying that that is not a lot of white guilt and that this is continuous in December. Right? Yeah. If my Patreon <laughs> continues to grow through December, you know, then it's like, oh, it wasn't just right. a, like, puking up of <laughs> white right. guilt into my Patreon. It's you know what support. I mean? Yeah. It's real support. I think on a, one of my podcasts, like, a while ago, we were talking about if someone puts Black Lives Matter in the window, are you willing to take in someone who's running from the cops who's getting beat up? Like, that level of, where are you at? Are you at $5 and just leave me alone? That's what I can do? Mm-hmm. Or are you that, Are how deep are you into um, actually saving black lives? Right. You know, and I don't think it's fair to charge people with with that whole saving black lives idea. Like, we're not asking for saviorism at all. But, like, where are you on the line? And you got to understand where you are on the line does dictate our level of of trust and involvement in them. Yeah. Ride or die or not. Or not. Or not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you you guys feel like you need ride or die? Um, so... I'm going to tie this into what we were just talking about. Yes, because and when I've been receiving things from people, primarily it's been through the business Mm -hmm. and people realizing that the kids, they're not kids, they're young adults who put on the protests and Mm -hmm. everything were from here. Maddie and Spencer. Maddie and Spencer. Who, um, you know, Maddie especially has like found her voice in here, in this space. Like this was very much her safe space. Her school was not good for her. And so that that is where people have started fundraisers on Facebook and things like that for the space, now understanding what it is that we do inside here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
so yeah, it's because it's a sacred thing, like allowing kids to use their voice, kids of color, and being that safe space, mm -hmm. and also having already been out in the community trying to address these specific types of issues that we've been having since we've been open. Right. Right? So I feel like... Yeah, I feel like if you're going to be in this community or you're going to donate to it or you're going to say you're supporting it, you have to be about it because yeah. we're protecting, we're, we're growing these types of kids here. And just so you guys know, she runs a dance studio, a skate dance studio here in Eugene because the pot, this, this goes like all the way to the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just so you know. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they have listeners in the UK and Central America. Because, you know, I have, it's, it's everywhere. Canada, we're, we're here. We out here, y'all. High five. We out here. So, just so, yeah, I didn't want to cut you off, but I want no, you to know the business that you're doing. It's, it's a dance studio. There's kids of all ages and colors and shapes and sizes, and everyone's here. Mm -hmm. And you are providing a very a safe space for people right. to feel... And like in that type of space, it does need to be ride or die. Right. Yeah, I, that makes think. sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you, do you feel like they have to be ride or die? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> or what are you here for? That's how you feel about it? That's how I that's feel about it. That's the shift of the planet right now. We, we all have to be ride or die. Yeah. That's, right. that's where we're headed towards. Really? I, I think so. All right. I'm, the, hey, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, to me, I, I have... I'm always complex girl. You know, I'm a Pisces. I gotta get all. Oh, rising. you are. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm a rise. I'm a rising mm. Cancer. I got all kinds of water. I'm a rising <laughs> Cancer. I'm a like Moon Virgo. I'm a Pisces Sun. Like it's got. I got all kinds of like intuition, emotion, and then the Virgo comes in there and tries to like organize. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm a Virgo. See, right? Yeah. Mm. And so, okay. Oh, my daughter's a Virgo too. But having that that off the Moon and Virgo, it's like you get that. Like with sun burgers and anyway, this is not about astrology. I'm sorry. <laughs> Girl, I will go there forever. <laughs> so, um, uh, I I feel like there's the complexity in this, and I and I'm trying to because I have a big heart too, giving that space for white folks to do what they do. And I honestly believe that I when I look at people, I want you to be as authentic as you are. And if you if you can't be right or die. We probably won't be close. We're not gonna know each other. I'm probably not gonna be all. But you know, there's a space. There's something for you to do. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's how I feel like it. It's like you. There's something for you to do. You just know that that means that that's what you do. You know, stay in your lane type of stuff. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, stay in your lane. And you don't have. You might not be in my lane. That's okay. My lane is big. You know. But you ride your lane and ride it well. And and if it's not supporting my lane, stay over there. That's how I feel about it. But it doesn't mean that everyone needs to be in my lane. Does that make sense? That's that my that's sense. how I look at it. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so we're moving right down the list. Okay. <laughs> so so when this the way that we look at this, um, when we're talking about the personal interactions that we're having with people and how we're feeling about it, we're looking at like, okay, what does that really mean for the actual change that's happening with this Black Lives Matter protest? I like to focus on the Black Lives Matter aspect of all these uprisings. But we, I think everyone with common sense knows this is not about just Black Lives Matter. This is about the economy. This is about the kids in cages. This is about, you know, uh, what else is going on? COVID. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, losing, you know, the depression that we're in now. Like, all of those things are coming to a head in this march or in this uprising. So I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I don't think any of us, right, are naive to the idea that this is not all about Black Lives. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's not. <laughs> right. It's not. But um, we appreciate the, the moment on the, the microphone. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we appreciate the moment on the mic. But 
What I what I am concerned with, and I think that we were we were discussing this last night. We had a great meeting here. Thank you for hosting that of mm-hmm. uh, Black Professionals in Eugene, which was great. Um, I think that's just the title, you know. Um, but a lot of very concerned folks in the uh, Black folks and uh, in the community that were here that wanted to, to provoke some change. So the in this conversation we had, I was talking about policy changes. A lot of people are like, you know, f the police you know, get reform, blah, blah, blah. But they don't really actually know the steps it takes and where to go with all of this rage, although the voice is necessary. Mm-hmm. But we're like, where is the policy changing coming from? Right. right? I had a friend call me from DHS that was telling me that they were having a conversation about addressing racism um, and they need to talk about race more. And she said in her head that she was like, she said in her head, she didn't say it out loud, <laughs> But um, she said, this is what Aisha was doing three and a half years ago, right? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, what does this mean in this uprising? Are we talking about policy change that we can get to four years from now? When this con- It goes right back to our invisibility. Were we really invisible before? Because we were talking about this five years ago, talking about how can we better work together and make this work environment not just only at the state where I was working but like everywhere how can we make this environment uh where it supports black lives and now that it's trendy everyone's trying to quickly jump on the bandwagon um and the policy isn't being changed right. it doesn't matter if you put a sign up right right who are you casting your vote for who right. who are you voting for now now that you know, we all know the shit is shitty. You know, right. we all know the choices are like whack, right? Um, but for me, I'm looking at. Did you guys realize that we were trying to get police officers to wear cameras and they still don't? Yeah. <laughs> when was that? When was that that uh, campaign for all police officers across was, the nation to have cameras on there? I feel like was, I read. I don't know if this is correct, but I read something that it was when Barack Obama was in office. Uh huh. And there was some funding that went out across the country for it. Mm-hmm. But there's still, like you said yesterday, there's still departments that don't have body cams. They don't or have dash it. cams. Don't have so, it. Right. That's policy change yeah, that's, that's not reform. being enacted. That's reform that's not being enacted. When we beehive, that's what we need to be beehiving about. Right. Because it doesn't really matter if now you have a picture of Martin Luther King on your wall so black people will walk in, when, when they have to get help from you, the policy says that they don't count. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is that that's actually like a trap. You're mm-hmm. trapping black people. If you're you're asking black people to spend their money, you're asking black people to come into your space and be black and like have your brown face there, but you're also saying that's as far as you can go because we're not actually going to change any real thing about how we can have you be powerful in this space. So how do we do that? This is a question I asked you yesterday and yeah. I tried to bring it up in the meeting as like a bridge. How do we get from this place of, okay, I know, you know, I'm conscious of what's happening. I am educating myself on what needs to happen. How do we get in there? Who, how, who, how, and what to change a policy? What does that look like? So what we, what we learned um, yesterday, and I think that it's a not common knowledge, is that you can actually, find, well, here in Oregon, you can find legislation that has been going, that has, that's out there, that's been passed or not passed or being discussed on a website called, well, from the government website, uh, Oregon Legislative, Legislative, I can't even say it, Information System, O-L-I-S, 
um, and you can go and you can look to see what's going on in real detail so that you understand what is supposed to be enacted, what, the, what your institutions are supposed to be following. So at that point, now look at all the weight that has to be put on us to, to make sure that uh, these white folks are actually doing their job, yeah. right? That's a lot of work and weight for everyone. So my thing is this, how do you know and what do you, it's what you want to understand is it's a lot of reading about where they're going. When you say what, you can ask for these things. What is your policy around, you know, um, in black inclusion? What is your, who is at the table who who are the working who are the su supervising managers? Are there anyone of color there? Is there anyone at the table? Who are the directors of this company or who are the directors of this whatever? Is there anyone of color here? Mm -hmm. Now, the people who are of color that are at those tables, are you able to enact um, a clause that that put black people's power in play? So that's the part where it's like if we're not if we're at the table and we're not able to be heard, right. you know, then we need to start electing people who will put us at the table, electing people who will speak on our behalf if we are not at the table. It's complicated, but that's what I'm trying to say. This is a marathon. This is not something that because these uprisings happen, whatever the government comes up with tomorrow or comes up with next week, we must be extremely cautious that it is not a band-aid. Mm -hmm. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. That it's not a band-aid over what we are pissed off about at this moment. We need to say, look behind that band-aid and say, where is the actual tangible change that we can see tomorrow? Where is the actual change? Are we really going to ask that the police officers be taken out of the schools of our, of, of our school district? And if that is so, we're not talking about police officers in regular clothes. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Well, like, we're going to still have police officers there, but we're going to take the uniform off. We're going to take the gun off. We're gonna... That's not what we said. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a compromise to what the hell we just said. Right. So, and that's what, that's, that's it. How, who, what, and who is holding these policies accountable? Because we're going back to the body cams. It never, you know, it's not happening everywhere. Who do we have in the black community that is holding these policies oh, to make sure? It's not about the black community. It's that's about what the I, entire community. That's what so I'm saying. Who, who, who's who, doing that? Who's on the school board? Um, oh my gosh. Well, that, uh, but, I'm forgetting her name. But it's not even a name that you... Who are you talking about? Leah and... Uh, no, they're not on the board. Um, for 4J, I, I, I know her face and everything. It's just because these conversations are being had in a group right now. Right. Yeah, they are. Replacing cops with counselors. Right. So Portland did it, or is in the process. Of You're talking doing about it. Maya? No, but oh. Maya is one of those people in the conversation. Yeah. Um, Portland started defunding, or the process of defunding their police department mm -hmm. and taking money from the police department <laughs> to put it back into the schools, getting resource officers out of the schools. Minneapolis is doing it also. Denver Public Schools is having a hearing on doing it as well. Um, I think it just comes down to the community and right. and the community at large saying this is what we want. We're we're watching the statistics <laughs> of black and brown children um, who are being expelled, who are having the cops called on them at school because they're behaving out outwardly or whatever the case is, and they can't handle them. Mm -hmm. Those are the targets when you have officers inside of your school. So when people have this movement right now <laughs> and have this momentum. That was the first thing they wanted to do in Portland specifically was chip away at um, 
defunding and dismantling right. eventually. Right. It is the, the end goal the end goal supposedly <coughs> is abolishment. Mm-hmm. But right now it's defunding and dismantling and taking away the idea that police officers make us feel more safe. So this is the thing my dad always told me before when I was younger. He's like, you want to find something, you want to find a cause, follow the money. Mm-hmm. If you are not sure or who to talk to, where does the money come from? That's what I was thinking about mm-hmm. this whole time. That is where who you talk at. to. Right. That's who's making the change, right? We got to take our money out of it or we got to press that their money is allocated to where it's supposed to go. Right. Right. You see? And yeah. the, so if you're still asking where does the money come from, then that's just you got to know more about the city. I mean, come on. Like, it comes from the mayor. It comes from the city. I mean, it goes up. You can take the principles that can support you and the people in power, and you can take that principle to go to the board, but then the board needs to go to where they get their money from. You right. see what I'm saying? So it's not like when you're screaming at the principal, what the principal can do is put up more black posters. That's what the principal can really do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the principal is getting a check from somebody else who's, who is, who's telling him what he or she can, has to put in their school or can, can do with their policies. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, who is writing your policy? Oh, well, then it's this person. Unfortunately, it feels like you're getting a runaround because you will. But the truth is, when we get the whole hive, white people included, working at a policy level, pressing the people who are spending the money on policies that are not empowering black people. Mm -hmm. It's not about allowing black people to be there. Right. It's about empowering black people to to invoke change and actually write the change in. Right. So I think that that's what my (laughs) important, like are we invisible? I want right now while it's popular, for everyone to hear <laughs> that we don't want to be at the table. We want to have some power too. You know what I mean? We yes. want the power to create the change. We want the power to create the change. I just want to say it twice so that you guys, <laughs> for the people in the back, I just want y'all to hear that that's what we want. It's not that we want to just to be a black face at the table again. We are, we, you know. We deserve to be in as part of decision making. Yeah. We are very much here and present and doing the work and in, qualified, in communities qualified. And, and well qualified. Right. And we don't get that power. I think a lot of people, that qualification part, I think is interesting because it's white folks are trying to let, to say that you need this and this and this to be able to talk about this and this and this. Oh my God, I had someone tell me that. That's yeah. why I said that to you about uh, getting involved in policy making. I, I sat with someone who is the elementary director of education in Salem, mm-hmm. and she said that she was retiring by the time I would finish my schooling. And she's like, Someone like you should be at the table because we're a bunch of white people sitting at a table with an equity lens on diversity, and we have no idea how to implement it. Right. And But here's what you need to do you have to go back to school, you have to take this, and you have to go to you have to vote for and why? leadership. Right. And I was like, But I can sit here and talk to you about this stuff all day. Yeah. All and day. give you resources. All day. But right. I have to have credentials behind my name. And she said, because I was black and I was a woman. Yeah. Well, he, he said, Sean said that last night. Mm. The experience that you need right now is the experience of my life. Right. right. That, and that's, that's it. That's what they need to hear. Now, I understand you're not picking up people off the street. But if, you're t- if right. she's saying what you can do mm-hmm. is go to school and then we will hear you. Mm. And then they're not trying to give you money to do that or a means to do that then that's just another block. She ain't helping you. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that that was bullshit. Is that what that was? You know, the truth of it is is that when you live black lives in the United States, you are at a 601 level, college level. That's like PhD past of what it takes to 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 make black make businesses inclusive. We will tell you what we need you to do. Now, whether or not you're going to listen and pay us for our time is up to your level of commitment. Right, white level of commitment to actually making real policy changes. Right. That's all I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
you know? And the, per- the black person who's sitting there, like me, you, you, we, we need to be like, thank you for that information, but can you figure out how to make it so that that roadblock isn't there? Right. Yeah. Since you stand and telling me what I need, can you make that not have to be like that? Right. Because I'm sitting here right now, so you what you're telling me is when you were ready to hear me, and when you're ready to talk about what I can bring to the table is six years down the line when I'm done graduating and right. where I can put that on my piece of uh, my, my signature. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that, by that time, I don't even want to talk to you. That's done <laughs> all over the place. Maybe, maybe stressed out, moving on to something new. Yeah. Right, right, shoot. That's uh, the type of stuff they do in performing arts and skill and things like that that are part of black culture, but they need to be taught, like dance. Right, mm-hmm. right. But it's that same type of thing. Well, you don't have XYZ, so until you get XYZ, you can't step in here. Yeah. Even though you've got more experience than XYZ. Right, right. That right. It's, it's across, that's a problem across the board. It's across the board. It's the institutionalization. It, uh, thank uh-huh. you. It's the institutionalization of it. And the truth of it is, is that there's a, we have been shut out and we have the information and we've been shut out and we're continuing to be shut out. Like I said, I'm not advocating for you to grab some black person off the street because they're black and like, hey, talk to us. That would be stupid and that would be inappropriate, right? But, the, like, I mean, I can only go back to my own experience working for the state. And the fact, I, I mean, it just, like, enrages me how much I gave to them with about and connected them with other community leaders um, that they did not give me credit for and continue to not recognize my... Uh, credentials. I have a degree. You know right. what I mean? It's like, and they still are not, I have three degrees, and they still were not w- willing to hear my experience as a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, you're in this lane, sis. Like, and I know you're trying to talk about black stuff, and I mean, you look like you might be black and everything, but um, we're just going to talk to these educated white folks about it because they read a bunch of books. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you're missing this whole opportunity. Now, after I'm gone, y'all want to, a table of all white folks want to get together and say, we need to talk about race more. That's straight offensive. You, it's straight right? offensive. It's, that's it's what it, that's offensive. It's offensive. Yeah. And then you wonder why I look at you sideways when I see you next time. <laughs> that's why. You act like I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, you, I'm looking at like, yeah, I did that. There I go walking by. They don't right. even know. Right. You know, here I go. And are you talking about learning, earning credentials? <clears throat> How the fuck does that not earn me some credentials? I'm creating full fucking programs. You know? Right. I don't You're know. doing the work. I'm yeah. doing the work, but yet, I didn't go to school to learn and run that program. But look at that program go. Right. You know? Look at that program go. You know right. what I'm saying? And yet, that still does not give me the credentials because I didn't pay my money to the white institution. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, that's yeah. right. I know. <laughs> so that is, that's where I need, when people are talking about, I want to support you, you know, I, the policies have to change. And those people at the table, like my dear friend, I love her to death. I will not say her name because I, I charged her up yesterday when she was talking to me. I said, you didn't say nothing? Mm. Silence is violence. She said, yeah. "She said, well, I didn't feel like it was my place. Why not? You knew I did the work. You were with me. You sat right next to me. Why didn't you just say, didn't we talk about this three years when Aisha was here and she was pushing that? I feel like we're a little bit behind the times. That's all she had to say. Right. So I'm not, that's what I want you guys to understand. Black and white out here. Look, talk to your white friends who are at the table and be like, you didn't say nothing? I'm going to need to know why. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to know why you're so damn quiet. Because you don't want to be, you don't want to stand out. We are over here standing out. We've been standing out. And we're not getting the credit. <laughs> you know? Right. And then you ask for credentials. That was my credential that that bitch is walking by with. 
You know, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did that. That is messed up. I did that. You know what I mean? What are you afraid of? That's my question. Yep. What are what what are you so afraid of that you can't speak up for something that you knew happened? That's the that's the now that's a golden question. Now what is it? Because remember, there you're you're protecting white folks are protecting some privilege. And some access to privilege. You already have it because you are white. So when you st- when you step up for black people, it's not that 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 privilege will go away. What, I wonder. That's interesting. I'm thinking about. They have a fear. They have a real fear about the um, about retaliation. And the next point we have on here was our fear of retaliation as black folks being at the table with all white people. Now we are feeling embodied, just like them, just like those. Uh, hillbilly kkk folks they feel embodied so are we right so so we out here like we're like okay we're at the table we want to say some shit but then there's some of us who are like oh man if i say something yeah i might actually lose my job and then i don't have any power here now if you got white friends sitting next to you and you're not able to speak they're not your friends they need to be speaking up and that's why I want to charge the white folks who are at the table. I want to charge y'all with, it doesn't have to be a grandstand. It doesn't have to be a grand. Sometimes one white person at that table just going, where's the black people? Will make your colleagues uncomfortable enough to know that you might have something else to say. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take you being a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to walk in with a Black Lives Matter cape on. <laughs> You know, are you sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Where I don't live. I don't. Right. I mean, I think if you just say, "Where are the black people at?" Can we please make a better effort? Right. You know. I I can picture that happening and all the uncomfortability and the oh, I can picture, all the shaking, all the looking, all the. Oh, <laughs> is she gonna say more than that, or is that gonna be it? Who's inviting her to the next meeting? Yeah. Not I. Okay. <laughs> we gonna sit on this side. Yeah. Right. And it does, isn't that funny when you feel like that per, that you're holding on to the something bigger than the room is ready for and you just have to keep pushing and keep pushing that kind of exhaustion you're like god now they're not listening to me anymore with the stuff that they used to listen to me to because they think I'm going to bring up something black welcome to our world I mean honestly right and we got you I feel like that I mean I've I've been in for 10 years yeah and I felt like that in every studio I've been in except for this one. Mm-hmm. And so I won't go dance anywhere else. They're like, oh, you guys will never come to... No, That's you're why. right, I won't, because I'm going to be tokenized. Yep. Or I'm not even going to be looked at. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come here, and you can find me here at Escape yep. until September 1st. But, um, yeah, I experienced that a lot. Right, and right. those same people who are not accepting of that voice mm-hmm. are the same people sending the cash. Like, yep. I can't with it. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It is yeah. true. Yeah. Wow. What yeah. Is that? How, is that? How are we supposed to sit with that? I'm trying to figure that out. To be right. honest, I gotta say, the people who are supporting me at this point are so amazing. I'm just gonna be like, I'm not trying to say, I, ha- I don't have anyone. Well, maybe that's because I don't know. Because people don't be talking to me. That's interesting. Uh, Now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't... Okay, so first of all, I've gone through some shit in the last five years. You know, some real health shit, some real medical shit, some real police brutality shit. You know, some real heartbroken shit, right? And now I'm back. So I'm like, you know, the comeback's real, right? And I'm coming out like, 
I the people who I didn't hear, the people who I didn't see, I don't even fuck with anymore. You know, and some and some of the things I that I'm out here doing, I realize people don't see my face. They haven't in a while. But I do know the people who do see my my face don't they don't talk to me about this kind of stuff. I don't have this kind of open conversations on the street face to face with people. So I believe the people who are and most people who are supporting me, I don't know them. Mm. So I'm that's props to y'all. Because that means you're listening to my voice, you're hearing me, you're like, keep on talking, props. Right. That's nice. That's a different type of, that's good. It's a different type. I don't know most of them. Mm-hmm. I do know the people who are supporting me, some of the people who are supporting me that I do know. I don't even hang, I don't see them often. I don't know them often. You know, they're, they're not like everyday people. Some of them are. You know, the first one come up, you know, the first one's my mama. You know, mm-hmm. she was like, I'll give you $10, baby. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Thank you, mama. You know, that was like six months ago. I was like, you know, she, she ride or die. She took it with me all the way. <laughs> but, you know, right? We know yeah, that. Yeah. But then these people who came overnight, it's like, I don't know these folks. Mm-hmm. And and so I really appreciate uh, people have written me talking about they, they are quoting me, newspapers coming out, photographers coming out. And I'm like, I appreciate this because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know them before. Maybe they didn't know me before. Maybe I was invisible. Maybe I physically was invisible. What I'm saying has never been invisible. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? What I'm saying has never been. And that's the platform in which I have for Black Girl from Eugene is that this is a place, and I said it last week too, that this is where we get to say what you didn't hear. Over and over and over again, so you can push it on repeat. Mm-hmm. It stays on the it stays on Facebook. Go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. So, because this is the truth that's coming out of us, right? Right, in a very very real way. You're a professional. I'm a professional. You're a professional. We can't talk like this to y'all when we're at work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is not the we time. We tried that's, it. I've tried it. You, yeah, you have tried, <laughs> tried it. But truthfully, like we told you before, it's not the time nor the place. No, it's right. not. You taking time for? Are you paying her while she's supposed to be teaching tap dance? And she talking to you about your feelings. Are you paying her? <laughs> Is it extra pass the tuition? You know, me, you calling me up. I'm talking to you for two, three hours. Are you dropping $25? Because just so you know, when I do my cultural mentorship, although it is on a sliding scale, I do charge for that. You know what I mean? So if I've talked to you on the phone and we're giving, and I'm giving love and support to any of the issues, it's because it's literally out the love of my heart. We are not invisible. We have not been invisible. So if you've ever felt like you saw somebody walking by and you were like, yeah, it's just not for me. I hear that about the NAACP all the time. Mm-hmm. All the semantics aside, it's like the NAACP, the white folks don't know that they are able to to access uh, resources. Black folks feel like they don't, they're not able to go to the NAACP and access it. It's a resource to all of us. We need to just be looking for black folk, black shit, what's happening in the community, Put some energy into it. Right. Yeah, that's that's it. If it's positive, mm-hmm. right? It does, don't don't worry about the rumors about the NAACP. Put some energy into it. Don't worry about the rumors about Escape. Mm-hmm. It's black owned. Put some energy into it. It's good stuff. We are building here. If you if people if you didn't hear about us, if you didn't know about us, you don't know about black gold. It's because that we are invisible, or because you weren't really looking before. Look into it and actually look at the resources we're doing. People are like, <laughs> oh, it's black owned. I'm gonna give it five dollars. Look at what we're doing. Right. We got, you know, I mean, go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm just going to say, I think out of all of this, that's uh, talking about lasting till December. Now all those resources are available to people. And that's yes. where we're going to see it. There's a list of black owned businesses, resources. I've seen mental health lists. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows where they can get their hair done all of a sudden. All this type of stuff is available to everyone. Right. That's where we're going to see, that's where we're going to see the work. 
the work. Exactly. A certain portion of it. People can choose now to invest in the same type of businesses that are black owned. That's right. That's right. It and can be a whole different thing for a lot of us out here. For a lot of us. And yeah. I think if the I think and now living in Texas, if we're not intermingling excuse me, the the actual ability for, for white folks to be in the proximity of black people and see what black people are actually doing isn't happening in Eugene. In, in Oregon because it was designed for us not to mix together like this. Yep. And that's why a lot of black folks who live here don't know that other black folks live here because it's actually designed for it to be very separate, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that when you're looking at the stuff that you're supporting, and but you know, you're looking at like, um, if you're looking at, for example, My Black Gold, and you're going, oh, it's an empowerment camp. You know, they run every summer for, for black empowerment for middle school kids. I'm into that, mm -hmm. right? But, but so so give the money, right? Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a spa and you're like, Did, is there a black owned spa here? Jay spa. Ask. Yeah, yeah, no, of course I know. Jay yeah. Spa, Jackie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I got my, my hair for great. That's right, mm -hmm. me too. Mm -hmm. I tell everyone, they're like, oh, I went to Sally's. I'm like, don't go to Sally's, go to Jay Spa. Like all the time. So what I'm saying is that if you are looking for something to do, you need your nails done, and you're like, I always, I don't know where to go. Just check us out, because we are here. Right. I mean, you know, you want to give money to it. Don't give it to where it's like, um, you know, I just, I'm just going to do what I see. Look, search. We are in every facet of this city. There's yep. a black person. I learned that last night. I was right? like, what? Yeah. We even, we even got a black dispensary. Yeah. I look, Who he was, knew? I did not know. He, I was like, know. he was like, I don't see black folks. I'm like, I did not know you were right? that. Right? <laughs> right? Like, and I did not I do, know. I follow them on Instagram Same. and I will be showing up. Yes. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and so, and so like, if you're looking for it and you're really talking about supporting black folks in the long run. Mm -hmm. Think about the stuff that you do daily and then wonder, are we involved? Because most likely, nine times out of ten, we are involved in that too. Right. You know, and check us out. We do things a little differently. You might need it. You might need to switch up, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but long-term changes, I think, is what's going to happen. The policy that happens for this is what's going to happen. The policy changes, the long-term, us all pushing for real, like, for if you feel like you run something and you're like, dang, I'm, try I'm pushing too hard to bring black people in, you know, then, then look at where you're getting your money stream from. You know, because they might be paying for you as a charity. You know, they might be giving you you money to say that they want to support this thing, but the, really their, their, their payback is going to something that's actually not supportive of black people, which means their policies will never be able to change to, to empower black people. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. So that, I mean, we got to start looking deeper. There's money out there for us to burn for all the businesses, all the policy chain, all the people who are at the table making the, deciding who gets the free food, who gets, who is a... Title IV school, who is not, like all of those things, who who has higher funding in what neighborhood to the other neighborhoods that are still using books from 1988, that's a real damn thing, y'all. You know, so, like, we need to look and see what where is the funding coming from and who are they actually uh, keeping in office because it's all coming down, it's all political. Unfortunately, it's always political. So we got to start looking at where the money is going and who we're supporting. We're putting money in and they're putting money to the to the rich white folks. And our black kids are over here suffering. Mm -hmm. Move your dollar. Yep. Move your dollar. Economic power. Economic. And we've got it. Beyond protesting. It has protesting to. Protesting is great. Yes. Using right. your voice is great. Yes. Using that energy to enforce change through policy is even greater. You know how how strong the black dollar is in the United States. It. You know how much money we put into. We the are system? the consumers. We are <laughs> the consumer. We, we are really the consumers. We are the consumer. Yeah. That's why a lot of people like really they they push towards black folks understanding uh, economics better mm -hmm. because we actually overspend. 
we, we put so much money back into the system and don't get enough money back out of the system. Right. Right? right. But the thing is, is that without our black dollar, a collapse is, is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I'm saying? And all the white folks who support black people, I'm talking to you too. The difference of allyship and just throwing a dollar at it, you know, at a black business. Allyship means that you are going to hear our uh, direction and you are going to follow it. You're going to put that dollar back in so that it can be... Yeah. 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 It's, you're going to follow what we're telling you that we need for to make real sustainable change. Right. And some of it's going to be very uncomfortable because you've never seen it done like that before. Because we have never had actual policy power in this country. No, and it goes as, as far up as corporations and gentrifying our cities. Yeah. Oh, ma- oh girl. Yes, girl. girl. <laughs> you talking about follow the money, though. Girl, I mean, yes, but gentrifying the corporate Lord. money. The Lord. corporate money tore down our neighborhoods, and they're still tearing down our neighborhoods. Yes. Because we don't invest into our neighborhoods. Yes. We need to have our own. We, black people, need to have our own economic power like we used to yeah that's the idea well the idea is that we do have the power and it's being misused it's going back into the white system right. that we love so much and then the white folks who act like they want to support us too is their their money is going into the white system when like you said us the black folk we have the economic power we're still asking permission yeah yeah that's it we're stop st- asking we're still asking yeah right like mm-hmm. there, there was someone last night uh the commissioner told the young folks stop asking us for permission i love that do it yeah do it you know and when if you if you block access i'm there for you right to help you get that access but you go do your thing right, right. that's how we have to look at for uh, for black folks and so we got to do that like don't we need to stop asking permission for whether or not it, we can or we cannot you know what i mean that's because we can that's just like something we have, that's a deep thing that we have to break. Yes. It's just, that's just, that's beyond just being like, I'm just going to go do it. I mean, that's a, that's a. That's post-slavery syndrome. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Having, that's an actual syndrome um, that, you know, uh, and, we, and we were having a great discussion, Josh and his wife. Hey, y'all. Uh, we were mm-hmm. having a great discussion last night and it, we stayed here like an hour after the meeting just talking and that was one of the things that came up in that discussion was that. You know, we have this post-slave mentality as if the, the white folks in that it have what they, what they need. Uh, they are the ownership of everything, and we still have to ask permission to be here. That's, that's us conceding to the idea that we are not a whole person, that three-fifths rule. Bill Sterling mm-hmm. will go all day on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if we're still conceding to the idea that we don't, we don't belong at the table, that the table is not ours as well, mm-hmm. we're stepping to their table, that is the problem. Right. It is as much ours as it is there. Matter of fact, it's more ours than it is there. And I'm not talking about just black folks. Brown folks here, we we always talk about this, the history. We've been here way before them. This was Mexico before it was America. The Moors were here before the black folks. I mean, before the uh, natives. All this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So why are we still asking for permission? Right. That The history is there. We always talk about it. We're like, you know... We've been here. Right. So so we can create this energy. And white folks, if you're listening, you can support that. That's, yeah, that's that's the key right there. Yeah. That that whole mentality shift just puts puts that ener- that power in your pocket. And like I, that feeling. Yeah. Where you can assert yourself yes. to it. Say it yeah. to yourself every day if yeah. you have to. Yeah. I do not need permission. Right. Mm-hmm. Positive affirmation. Right. <laughs> Making your positive. Black folks out there, I do not need permission. You know, yeah. to be black in America, I am. I am black. I am beautiful. I'm intelligent. I'm qualified. 
I do not need permission. If that's what we have to do every time, every day, every night, you got you close the door of the studio. I I get off my program management and I'm like, I do not need permission. Right. You know, keep going. Right. That's my that's my thing for look. That there goes my mentorship. There's that's how I, that's how I put my bleeding heart to it. Go, pop folks, go! <laughs> I mean, because it's like you know, looking at the little girl and she's like, you know, mixed little girl being like, can I do it? And I'm like, you do not need permission. You don't need permission. Black, mixed kids, from black folks, you don't need permission. From white folks, you don't need permission. No. You are 100% in your body. Do your thing. You know what I mean? And the people who see you will follow. Mm-hmm. Just That's. remember that. That's it. Mm-hmm. Don't need permission to be you. <laughs> right? Ever. Ever. Yeah. And black folks are powerful in this we in this country, we need to we we gonna have a black conversation that white folks can't hear because this is about black people and our shit. So we will talk about that with amongst ourselves. I do realize a lot of our listenership is black. I mean, is white and black. But there's conversations within the black community that we need to have about what we need to do with each other. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly do not like to hear black folks talk about black folks issues in public. When I've, I'm the one of those people who are like, black folks, we need to get straight with each other, and we need to do that together. Right, we right. don't need a spectacle. We don't need white folks around. Because mm-hmm. we need to be real so that we can do what we do. We can get loud. We can cry. We can hug. Then we can talk it out, and then we can go. Like last night. Yeah. But like last night. Last like, night. Like, that was real. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what that was. Right? And, and that was necessary. Yeah. And it needs to continue that way. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be able to do that. Because we recognize black, the black community, we have to heal. We have to heal ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And we have to heal each other. Mm-hmm. We have to stand for it. I, we have to be able to accept our uh, the difference between someone being a hater and someone being a corrective criticism to our behavior in the community. And be, we need to be able to hear each other. Right. We got a long road, mm. right? It's true. Got a long road, y'all. Look at we tired. We over here. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> we're tired. It's like it's so weird because I feel tired. Like, and I'm like, dang, I slept. You know, like. 12 hours right, right. <laughs> I'm so tired um, and it's a good tired because I like the swing I like the upswing mm-hmm. but I please y'all please don't let this go back the other way by next week like you know oh, what I man. mean no, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can take it I'm not ready for the pendulum to swing the yeah. other way like god how devastating would that be I don't even want to all for the trend all for the trend yeah. come it, on y'all is what I don't think we're living I can't I just don't want to make this for the IG like come right? on. Yeah, I don't want to believe that I don't want to put my thought towards that might happen because I don't want to believe that we're in that world but I think we are and I if that's a real fear is it going to be next week yeah and right. a friend posts a video after he went to uh, Denver protest that he still he's like okay I'm out here and I'm marching and I'm chanting but I literally still have white people standing next to me clutching their purses Mm -hmm. little nervous and I was like (laughs) little nervous I I was like I I hear you I feel you but the middle class white folk need to be out there Mm -hmm. let them clutch the purse yeah let them clutch it the the first step was getting them out the door into a scenario like that Mm -hmm. to let them know this is real Mm -hmm. right so yes you're still feeling that because this is the beginning stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and a lot of steps. Yeah, there is. It's a mar- what is it? What Nipsey says, a marathon. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like it's a marathon. We cannot. This is y'all. We're in. We're in like not even mile one of white folks waking up and being like, "Damn, I've really been doing that to people that I like. That's just crazy. That I love. I've really been doing that to people that I love. That's. I, they got shit to unpack. 
so much <laughs> shit to unpack. You yeah. ain't unpacking on me. What? Please don't. Um, <laughs> okay, so let me make we got the, so let me make sure we did everything. Oh, the mental health and the, the manipulations by education media in the movies. Oh. Yeah, I think it, I mean, I think that we, I, but honestly, I think that we talked about the manipulation just through the system of us as education, like the the white supremacy, the idea that um, you know, someone was saying to me that they were. They were telling a, a person that they were mixed. She didn't know that her heritage. And the, the little person, the little girl was like, oh, I just thought I was normal. Meaning that like she was white and. But the white part was the normal part. The and was the exception. Uh, right? Oh. But where does that normal part come from? Right? The You know, all we can talk. And this will be a whole nother episode. But like we can talk about the manipulation and the white supremacy and the historic, the historic idea that the bottom line is white. You know, and so that's what I think when we're talking about this uptick in support, that's the problem. We're looking, we're, we're working up against the idea that what's normal <clears throat> is what's been going on. You know, you right. got to understand that that's, that's pathology. That's actually a disease. I'm like, th- real, it's I'm actually unhealthy. Right <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying it really slowly so people can understand. <laughs> that is a mental disconnection. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we have all been taught from school to swallow that that pathology and, and make it what it is. So like when, when we want straight hair, black folks, and we're relaxing our hair, you got to understand that I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody, but... That idea that we can't walk in with my with my afro, and now that I'm growing locks, that I'm and I actually thought about it when I decided to do my locks. I was like, I am not working at this moment in a, co- a corporation type world. If I decide to ever go back, will my locks be an issue? Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I thought they will be, and I'm just willing to do that. But I but for me, before I twisted it, I had to think about it. I'm like, my afro is already an issue. But I can slick that down or press it right. to make it more white and acceptable. Right. But my locks are just my locks, and that shit don't stand down to nobody. <laughs> you right. know, your locks don't do nothing else but be them. And that's why I went to doing my hair in locks. So I was like, I'm going to do it like this. So I definitely thought about it. I was like, if I have to go back to living, to working in that world... Will my locks be an issue? The fact that you even have to think about that's, it is that's, sad. There one. you go. Yeah. And two, you see where we live, where white people walk around with dreadlocks all the time, mm-hmm. with no sense of self, with no lot knowledge of where dreadlocks come from and mm-hmm. why people even wore them. Mm-hmm. No cultural context to them. Mm-mm. They get to go do that without thinking twice, and you had to think about <laughs> what to yeah. do with your own dang hair. Well, think about it too. Not I'm I'm not doing now. There's a difference, just a cultural difference between dreadlocks and locks. Right. Now, mind you, I said locks. That's because locks are manicured. Right. They are very straight. They are very clean. Yeah. Which means they are still within the lines. Not what dreadlocks were originally about. Right. They are still within the lines of a Eurocentric point of beauty, unfortunately. Now, I don't want to bust nobody's bubble because I love my, my lock nation, but when we've made that, that it neat and uniform and it is fire, girl, these locks I'll be looking at, I'm like, ooh, how did she do it? Different yeah. parts and designs oh. twisted into the I'll be on Instagram looking through that. Okay. <laughs> don't get it wrong. We black, so it's going to be fire. But the way that we did it, the way that we cleaned that up, to make it to make it fit an agenda, to make it acceptable, right? And and we're killing the game. 
But that but we gotta look at the truth. Mm-hmm. We can't walk up in there looking nappy. You know what I'm saying? Right. If someone wants to wear an afro, they didn't pick it out. Black folks, we looking at them like, why you even pick your afro out? Why are you coming in here looking like that? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> like, I asked myself, do I gotta do? Do I gotta condition my hair yeah, before I come like, 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 but the th- the thing is that there's this, this judgment. But the, I'm saying, where is the line? Where where did it come from? It's that that idea of beauty coming from media, coming from TV, coming from the movies, coming from. But those things are inundated with white supremacy. It's yeah. not coming to bring us our, the the levels of black beauty. And what you said for very first, I'm like still sitting here thinking about that the white whiteness is normal mm-hmm. these ideas that like that girl who's identifying with her white part being the normal part yeah and that and the, that's heavy that yeah, i know i'm sitting here yeah, with that yeah. i'm asking myself <laughs> if that's who i am because i'm mixed i'm yeah i'm that's why i'm yeah girl that shit hits hard it's <laughs> right to the core like oh damn was i yeah i mean because i work <laughs> i work with mixed heritage people all the time mixed race people and that is the question, is that where we're trying to normalize their blackness. You see what I'm saying? That, that's what we're doing. Like, that's what I'm, I'm not going to say what I am trying to normalize their blackness. Even when they're raised around white families. I feel like that's why I called you. Like, I didn't know that's why I called you when I first called yeah. you. Yeah. But you said that to me and I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but I'm still feeling it. I'm still dealing with it. I'm still hearing it right now, and I'm like, wow. Girl, it's a marathon, too. Yeah. That's a lifetime of a lifetime of messages that we're being inundated in. And it goes right back to the topic of this whole this whole episode. Are we really that invisible? That, like, what our greatness, because it is great, okay, is has been, like, has been, we have been pushing to be seen. Mm-hmm. Like, just in the last, you know, well, I'm just going to say since it's been popular, you know, in the last, since 2020, I'm going to mm-hmm. say the hashtag's been taken off. But I don't, I'm going to say since last week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say last year or something. Uh, I don't want to go back. Since last week. Okay, since last week. I'm going to say So, <laughs> clearly we were invisible before. So, um, I'm just saying that, like, we all figure that we're playing to that, 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 that denominator. Mm-hmm. And the denominator is whiteness. Right? And so that would be the normal part. Everything else is by, just like the, the amendments to the Constitution. The amendments are what added black folks in, as if we were not already here. You know? I think um, Stormy even talked about, b- beside the Constitution, going even further back to the Magna Carta, when there was like, we were not at, we were not involved in that at all. We were not considered. We were completely separate. We were supposed to have our own separate shit. <laughs> like, we were supposed to be a completely different consideration, like, not being considered by them. Which I don't know was a good or bad thing. Like maybe we shouldn't have gotten involved. You know what I mean? Right. But here we are, mm-hmm. and pulled in and enslaved. But here we are, and now we have lived in this idea that we are the exception to what's normal. And if we accept that, we're we fucked. Yeah, we can't. And that's what we have accepted. Mm-hmm. And the white folks who are waking up since last week, <laughs> you know, to talk <laughs> about it. Is are going like are still like I want you guys to, to ask yourself are am I making them an exception to my rule? Mm, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Right. It, or or do you see us as a whole person, not the three fifths rule? If you don't know what that is, please look it up. Oh so gosh. you know I don't have Stormy, my historian here, to break down three fifths, but look up three fifths rule slavery. You'll understand. It just basically means wrapping it up that we were not a full man or right. considered so. So, um, man meaning human, like not like man and gender. Let's not go there. So, uh, so <laughs> what I'm saying is that we need to understand that there is, there is like 
actual historical meaning to this last week's uprising and movement and white folks waking up to it. I need y'all to really examine yourselves. Black folks accepting the white folks looking up to it. We need to examine ourselves as well. We can't, like I said before, in 2020, we ain't saving nobody. Okay. All right. Do you right? see me as your equal or no? Or nah. That's, yeah. I mean. Not the exception. Not the exception. I am a human. Do you see me as a human as well? Right. And if you don't, you know, okay, sit with that. Do you ever ask yourself, like, you know, you're sitting up thinking about this, like, why did it go down this way? Like, what? What type of power do black people have? Like, what is this magic that we possess that it has been stifled? Oh, do, like, I don't do have you, to guess, girl. Are you kidding? It's just like, <laughs> I'm yeah, just like, what, could, you know? That No, that that is... It's, it's coming from greatness. What I, I'm just like, what, what, Wait, did, what that ever, qu- did that ever have a chance to exist? Like, have Absolutely. we ever had... Okay, and what did that look like? And why, like... Why did it go down like this? You know, I just, this is the thing I ask myself. Greatness. Yeah. It can, it, because, and what I, and what I'm going to assume what you're saying is that with, with white folks being the, uh, literally pillaging and raping and, and taking over it historically, because, and I'm assuming what you're saying is that the, the greatness that we exude is just entire, was entirely enough for them to, to suck all of that out. Feel they threatened by every, it and just. They wanted everything that we had. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Africa. for their own economic leverage. Everything that we had. Right. I mean, and this is before we were here. I mean, the, the we can go back down to the Moorish people. We we had kingdoms of right. our own. You know what I'm saying? We we civilizations were based off of what we have done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. historically, the full civilization itself is based off of what we did right. before we were captured and clay. And the economic switch went to this bullshit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there were there are kingdoms that collapsed for for thousands of reasons that were black. You know, and not just in, everyone wants to talk about Egypt, not just in Egypt. Right. You know, I mean, all through the continent. Moors were in all throughout Europe, too. Moors were were here in the United States. Like, I mean, not the United States, but in the the North American. Moors were were everywhere. Right. And those are black folks. You know what I'm saying? From, you know, so it's like, you got to understand, like, this is not, our greatness and our, and our ability to, to be resilient through the, the hundreds of years of, 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 us being robbed and the in everything being taken from our very soul, the fact that we are still here right. and proud and and alive and breathing and holding on to our core as black people mm-hmm. is is a testament to our greatness. Right. And so that history of blackness goes goes back to the beginning of time mm-hmm. on this world in this right. world, like right. actually, like they haven't found anyone older than the uh, than a black bones in African Ethiopia. They haven't found any bones older than that. We are the mother of the civilization. Right. You know? And so, yeah, I mean, think about how things can go bad, right? How things can go wrong. Right. When you're being uh, pillaged. Right. You know, for everything that you have, right? And I, and I, and our, our customs, even through, I'm going to speak for the whole damn continent of Africa, from the original back days, we'll go five, six, seven, eight hundred thousands of years before, we are not a culture of violence. Nope. You see what I'm saying? Now, there is a, now, of course, there's wars, and of course, there's historic, uh, um, treaties between black folks and other black folks, Africans and other Africans, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there is a cultural difference between Africans and, the, and post-slave black folks that are here. Mm-hmm. There's a difference there. A difference. Right, a gigantic difference. So when we're talking about back, going further back into history, like literally thousands and thousands of years ago, you're talking about a different entity. Right. You know, but it's still black. 
Right, and I'm what I <laughs> what is like sparking this in me is oh, just like Africa. realizing that my entire life, your entire life, our existence has ne- has only been based in non normalcy, and just like realizing that what the reason we are here is because we you know uh, generationally we have that uh, perseverance, but oh, I haven't I been able to be I I haven't been I would say honestly like I haven't been able to stand in the magic of what that existence feels like because my whole existence on this planet has been in white normalcy and not being able to own that, not feeling comfortable owning which part of me is what or what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's, I I don't know what that feels like that. Yeah. And that's a real situation in the Pacific Northwest for people who are, who are biracial and for people who are, uh, I think even not biracial, but just their family is based here in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a reality for anyone up here. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough black community for you to right. feel that type of magic here. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, that's like a rumor for you. You know, that, I mean? I'm asking a question. Yeah, you know? no, I love it. I yeah. love it because it's a rumor, and I think that of, of of us who have been in that scenario, mm-hmm. I think at, in the black community, I I believe there are those are us who can teach other people. There are those of us who can create community. Mm-hmm. Those are those of us who can create space. Right. Right. And I think it's our job. If we're here and we know it's our job mm-hmm. to bring in people who are who are mixed race or who aren't who've just been here and and completely whitewashed, to bring it in and say this is a space for you to learn. Mm-hmm. All black folks aren't trying to do that. There, there's a lot right. of there's a lot of like how did you not know? Because there's black communities who have who have um, I mean post slavery black community is is. Uh, it's so complex because then we got to talk about the Bible Belt. Then we got to talk about Christianity coming in and changing what that looked like. Then we got to talk about, you know, the economic strife and going back. It goes it goes very, 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 very deep, right. you know. But if you want to just talk about the last, you know, 50 years here in the Pacific Northwest or just here in the United States, um, post 50 years, but post-slavery, right? right. Post-civil rights, you know. Um, we, the, that's the whole point of what I'm saying about these uprisings is that the post-civil rights shit just got us in the door yep. of right. white shit. Right. right. At no point did it say you are able to be unapologetically black. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So, so this idea, this assault on black lives, this assault on black power, this assault on black love, this assault on blackness has been in the in graves of the Constitution when it was written because we were not included. Mm-hmm. We were here, though. Right. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. So, so everything has been whitewashed mm-hmm. ever since. You've never had the chance because up here in Pacific Northwest, we, we somehow trickled here, and Oregon has straight-up laws. They, they designed that the, the black people would never be allowed in this state. Yep. Right? They designed it that way. They wanted the white utopia. They and that and it that's in writing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like so for us to have been up here, we're we are the exception here. They literally are like, I don't know how you made it here. You right. know what I'm saying? And we have learned to be here. Which means we have also compromised ourselves. Ourselves to yeah. some degree to be able to work with the white folks who are here who who innately hate us. Because it was designed to do so. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. So that brings in a lot of diff- mental <laughs> strife that happens. And then when you grow up biracial in Eugene, that's what you're up against. Yeah. It is not a joke. Like, it is deep and it is heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's not just you. It's mm-hmm. everyone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like everybody is having to deal with that. And, when, and it's the same idea, of like, in my scenario, when I have two black parents who are radicals, 
who are revolutionaries, and then we let we end up here. They came here to create schools. You know, they came here to to create a black space, and and then it didn't or multi. It was a it was a black space to begin with. It crumbled because it doesn't work like that here. We don't have the resources, but now we in 2020. Right. That was 1970. Right. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. We're here in 2020, and we got some sprinkles of blackness here, and right. we're trying, and we are now unapologetic. That is the whole point of the idea: is that we are now telling ourselves and each other, and we're able to look at white folks and say, three fifths my ass." You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We are 100 percent here. I want my afro as big as I can get it. Mm-hmm. If you cannot see, step sit. Other places. <laughs> my hair, I'm not putting my hair down because you can't see around it. It's big, you know? Um, so we, we, that's where we're at. That's the evolution of our, and the, really that, that little spark that stayed with us this whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. That we are at one point going to be to the, point, to the point where we not only are not going to be asking permission anymore, but we are going to actually, again, be at the forefront of creating what this society needs to look like. Right. You know, instead of it being built on our backs. Right. That was super empowering. Thank you. It was. I'm like, the Cats kids didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, I'm glad. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, that's how I feel about it. I'm like, send my check, y'all. Okay? <laughs> Patreon, go for it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think, because it's, it's it, I, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't walk by people and be like you know why are you why are you really asking you are so beautiful like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter walk up here put your i tell my three-year-old grandson now my my grandkids are mixed mm-hmm. and they light we are concerned that the, the, the twins may not look black enough we're like we need to get that nose wider <laughs> come on babies get some curly hair like come on you know, we want their hair to be big you know but of course we love them anyway don't get me wrong y'all of course right. you know of course but my baby, my oldest grandson is three years old. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, oh, I messed up. And he'll put his head down. And I'm like, ah, head up. I'll like, back straight, head up. Like, And the thing is, it's like I'm not being, I'm, I'm in putting a sense of empowerment in him mm-hmm. that even at three, mm-hmm. his little black self, with his, he, his head up, head up. I don't care what you're feeling like right now. You put your head up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. always you put your head back straight, boy. You know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just put that right now. Anyone not put put your head up, chest down. I mean, your shoulders down, mm-hmm. chest up, and head up, and all of a sudden you feel right. like you present, mm-hmm. like you're here. And so that's what I mean. That's what I. That's for everybody. Right. You know, but I make sure that the black kids walking by me. Hey, put your head up. You know, right. stand up straight. Right. Come in here. You know. And um and I love it. And when I see kids doing it, I'm like, look at that. You know what I mean? <laughs> look at that. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Is it not? Because yeah. when you see, when you really look at the how, what we've been through, what we've been through, I mean, and then you, and here we are in 2020, and we can say our heads up, back straight, we are strong up in here. Being that, like, not with a black community, we right. don't have, and we're still here. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. We are not invisible. We are not invisible, right? right. We have we been here. here. Mm-hmm. We're out here. We're out here. <laughs> Do y'all have anything else you want to say? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been preaching today, girl. I can't hear much on one. I'm like, I own one. <laughs> that was good. I just feel so strongly about our empowerment. I feel so strongly about it. And I, I again, don't have time to talk to people who aren't. And that's right. black people included. You know, when people want to tell me to be quiet or you're saying too much or 
Well, I ain't got time for that. Mm-hmm. To, to tone down your energy. Yeah. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, that's like some 2015 shit. Like, I'm not into that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm into 2020. Like, I am unapologetic. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I'm, I am empowering everyone else to be the same. You know? Like, be the same, sis. Mm-hmm. Brother. Like, do it. Um, so anyway, I guess we're going to wrap it up. I mean, y'all don't have nothing out. Y'all, really? You still thinking about what I, I, I am. You should look at my face like, damn, you are. I'm you like, I, I'm I like, didn't put something on her. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped it on her. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> we're going to have a session. All right. I that, though, because that's, I mean, I come from L.A. and Denver, mm-hmm. and I get to bring that culture into classrooms. Yeah. I'm an early child educator. And so a lot of my background and my experience is nothing like any of the kids that are growing up here, Mm -hmm. including the black kids. Right. So when you can offer that empowerment through the knowledge that you have about yourself, about Mm -hmm. your people and where you come from, whether you're multi-ethnic or not, you can inspire and empower the youth that are coming up, that are coming through these doors. Yes. Yeah. So it's important to have the wherewithal of this information that you just gave to us because... The children growing up nowadays don't have that. They're not getting it in the school system. Mm-hmm. They're not getting it at home. Mm-mm. They're coming to the studio and getting it. They're yeah. getting it through music. They're yeah. getting it through movement. Right. I'd be lecturing in my junior hip-hop class right. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what Black Gold is about for middle school kids. We we are The whole program, and exactly, Escape is an amazing spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Gold is a place where we are teaching about the positive contributions of African American history. Mm-hmm. You know, and I say that because it's it's like we talk about Martin Luther King and we talk about the civil rights and but we don't talk about what the the frustration of Martin. We don't talk about the real the flip side, not the whitewash side. Right. The side where he was like, you know, fuck this shit, right? right. And then we don't talk about, you know, uh the even uh uh the voice gets mentioned He's one of the popular ones that white folks will like talk about, but we don't right. talk about C.J. Walker. Nope. We don't talk about the, the first Harlem Renaissance. Female millionaire yeah. in the United States. We don't talk about that. Like I'm kids like, don't what? know that. And when <laughs> people, tw- you know, when you're in middle school, you don't you need, you that. need to know yeah. that you did not come from slaves. Mm-hmm. Like you need to understand that even post slavery, that, that the greatness that came from that. You right. know, even before middle school, my son came home. He goes to Ridgeline, and he said, "Mom." All they talk about is Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. They didn't yeah, talk about nobody it. else. Nobody and I was else. like, we're going to talk about everybody else. That's then. right. Marcus Garvey. Can we talk about Marcus Garvey for a minute? Like, I mean, you know, he that that's the, something that kids need to understand. That And uh, what what it was like for people, for, for folks. I, I always say this. This is one of my spills where I'm trying to sell black gold. Uh, my camp, black gold culture camp. Mm-hmm. I always say this to people. Everybody... By time you are in seventh grade, can recognize a Picasso, right? Mm-hmm. Picasso is not an American artist, mm-hmm. but if you put up a a black a painting from a black Harlem Renaissance era, right. most people will not recognize it. Right? They will not recognize the body, the the elongation of the of the neck. They will not go. That is a Harlem Renaissance, but they cannot do that. Right. Harlem Renaissance, Harlem, New York, within the United States. That's actually American art. We don't recognize it American because history. it's black. Yep. It, you yep. see what I'm saying? All the music and the dancing music. that came out of that era. Dan- yep. how, how many people, and that's mm-hmm. another part of the camp, how many of y'all, and I'm charging you, no, understand that jazz, yes. classical jazz, I'm yes. talking about Charlie Parker, I'm talking about 
you know, Thelonious Monk. I'm yep. talking about John Coltrane. Yep. How many of y'all understand that that is black? That is American music. Yep. It came from black folks in this country, mm-hmm. starting here. It, it was not originated anywhere else. Jazz started here. You yep. see what I'm saying? So yep. that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. But if you talk to an average, and I'm saying even in the black community, like I'm talking about, go down to the Bible, go down south, go down to the East Coast, and ask the average 12 year old. Do you know who Charlie Parker is? And they will be like, Charlie who? Does he play basketball? You see what I'm saying? That is, and so that's our education system failing us. So we need, that's what Black Gold does. We are bringing that knowledge to the middle school kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's a part of what the camp does. So it's like, we have to create that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Just like you created Escape, I had to create Black Gold. Mm-hmm. Because, the, 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 because the system is not changing. Right. The policy isn't changing. You see what I'm saying? We could, they added, 4J added Native American history to do the the right way. And thank fucking God, way late. But there ain't nobody talking about black history being changed. Right. Ain't nobody talking about changing that. you said earlier about Yeah. That's right. Ethnic studies versus just black. Black studies. I support ethnic studies. I support it. But I also support black black studies. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Black history. Because people want to be always put it with American history. Okay, if you're going to squeeze it into American history, which it is, right? I'm going to need some positive contributions that we need to talk about besides black contributions being the civil rights movement and fucking Martin Luther King. Because we all benefit from black history. Music, dance, the things we do every day. And besides February, please. Yeah. You know. I'm black every day. Every day. Not just in February. Right. And I'm (laughs) sorry, but thank God. I'm, I'm starting to notice because we're becoming unapologetic that Thank goodness in February we're starting to talk about more than Martin Luther King. Like right. thank God people are starting to come up. Mm-hmm. You know, Josephine Baker, a matter of fact, you need we need to talk about putting a poster up. Because you know, black beautiful black dancers, the cornerstone mm-hmm. of black, you know, ballet, like I mean, come on, man. Mm-hmm. These oh, I got all them. those books in the book basket for yeah. my preschool. Girl, I'm thinking, program. can we paint something? Let's get I mean right? like, I got an artist who will hook you up, right? Okay. Here. You know I mean? So it, it's just, you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm just saying, like, we need to put our faces the faces that white folks don't talk about, mm-hmm. we need to put, uh, we need to push it out there. I um, I just about the imagery. It, imagery is a huge deal, especially for children who, uh, like I'm talking early childhood, because that's where my teaching experience comes from. Yeah. Um, the absorption that comes from being birth to six, they absorb everything around them. Oh my god. And so when yeah. I worked my first teaching job for four years at a private school and the black baby was in the back shoved in behind stuff, but the white baby was in the cradle. Mm-hmm. And then I, and my, my job was to put posters around the classroom, but I wasn't seeing any posters that were representative, even though there was only me and like three or four black or multi ethnic or biracial children in the school out of sixty. Um, I'm going through all these posters and there, I mean, the most beautiful, beautiful African people with their head shaved. Like Mm -hmm. I I rocked, I didn't even have this. I was fully bald Mm -hmm. and I had kids asking me if I was a girl or boy, if I had cancer, Mm -hmm. why do I shave my head? I said, let me show you people mm, 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 who shave their heads all over the world. But specifically in Africa, I took all these posters and plastered them Mm -hmm. around the room. Mm -hmm. Nobody else would have ever done that. Right? Yeah, I didn't even know they were there. I just went digging for material. Mm-hmm. And if that, I was like, "That's my job." And you guys want to keep asking me questions? Let me just show you. So maybe when we started this this episode or start this podcast, the, the idea is that are we invisible? In that case, we were being hidden. And I think that a lot of the, the situation to charge black folks and white folks is: Do you have 
you know, pictures of Angela Davis. Is that your thing? Do you, if you're a dancer, do you have Josephine Baker? She had to come out and do that. Like, Drea, who else would have done that? Nobody. So, are we, we're out, that's what our job then. We have to put it out there more, unapologetically. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, my I, material. I but I'm, I, as, as my duty as a teacher, right. if, I, if I know that I'm stepping into a classroom, and I'm raising future generations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's what I'm doing. I'm raising people's kids for them. Then I fully take responsibility on what I'm going to teach them, what mm-hmm. kind of information I'm going to share with them. Can, can I just say uh, real quick before we're going to wrap it up pretty soon, y'all. Thank you for hanging with us. Y'all, right? we're doing the damn thing. But I, I think that um, what I want to say that that does not is that is not uh, include uh, excluding white folks, mm-hmm. meaning that if you don't have one black person in your classroom, doesn't matter. Black history is American history. We are here like a full person. Yep. If you are a science teacher and you don't have a, a black scientist up on your wall, you are not helping the narrative. Nope. If you are an English teacher and you don't have more than Langston Hughes in your uh, in your book repertoire, you are causing a problem. If you are a dance studio and you don't have any black dancers up there, you are causing a problem. If you do not have to have white pe- uh, black people in your space to support black shit. That's right? important. Not That's... have to do that. Yeah. You know, and I want that to be known for people, to understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not just a black person thing. You want to put that Black Lives Matter sign up there and you are a mechanic, put a black mechanic up there. Put a picture of it. You know, Look them up. We're out here. Mm-hmm. You know, we got people, black folks who've designed cars who, that are world-renowned. We don't know. Designers. If you a model, ask for some designer clothes that were done by a black designer. You know, mm-hmm. you a chef, Ask for some black chefs, you know, uh, black chefs who are from whatever genre you want. We are in every piece of this this society. If you just look at inventors, yeah. just alone, just yeah. inventors, mm-hmm. just al- you will find so many black men yeah. and women who've created everything we use. I mean, pioneering. Today. It's kind of like the same idea when we were talking about pioneering. There goes my idea walking by, but don't nobody know my name. Right. It's our job, y'all, white and black, mm-hmm. whether you got black folks in your class or not. Put that ish up there. Change the narrative. I think it's weird that people feel like they can only do it when they have a black kid. Yeah. That's white supremacy. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. white folks need to know too. That's more prevalent here than where I grew up at. Yeah. Right. Well, we don't want to say the wrong thing, so why don't you do it? And I'm like, but but it's. I gotta tell mm. this story real fast because I bless her heart. I hope she's watching. So my uh, I had a teacher in international high school IHS here. We get, we don't do American history, like it's like a small unit. And, uh, you know, nothing in the classroom, no representation, fine, I'm used to it by now. Never, I never had a black teacher, I haven't had one. Ever? Nope. Oh. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. She, uh, it's black, it's the time for the black history. Yeah. It's time, we get two days. Pulls me and the other black student aside outside the classroom, asks if we would like to exit for those two days. Why? Because she doesn't want to make us uncomfortable. And we look at each other and we're like, she thought she was being protective of y'all. Exactly. Oh god. But so I'm saying this is what this is. <laughs> oh god. I mean that was years ago. Yeah. But, but oh that's how Holy it was shit. treated. You know, like, do you want to leave the classroom? We were like, this Why, is the only. Are we only going to talk about slavery or what? Yeah. That's all <laughs> oh the unit. Well, your history is traumatic. Right. And she and to us, we were like, well, this is the only time we got. So no, we don't want to leave the classroom. Right. And I told you know I told my parents my dad you know he did all types of stuff. But as far as presenting materials, wow. You've told me that story before. And I said the same up. thing before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, what? 
in the fuck? Yeah. You're like, we only have two days. Let me stay for the trauma that you're going to put on me. Like, I think right. like, at least there's black people on the damn thing. So <laughs> there was only two of us in there. And that teacher, instead of being like, let me make the extra effort. I mean, this is just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Let me get rid of those people that it matters to. Mm-hmm. And present the material to the white people. That's interesting. So that they can judge you when you come back in. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just how will we you live walking back in after two days? After two days. Two days. They're like, we're so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like, you deserved it. Either way, it's not good. <laughs> That's ugly. Oh, that's that's painful. Man, Thanks for telling that story though, because I that think happened. Four I think that that was something that I know for sure that white teacher did not understand what she was doing or saying to you in either way, good or bad. Like she right. really didn't know what to do with the situation. And I know for sure that I have been approached by white folks being like, uh, you know, feeling that you're the only person in the white in the black you're the only black person in the class and they're talking about slavery and all the white folks back looking at you like okay, is that like your cousin? cousin? Okay, <laughs> you know, do you know all your people or what? Right. Right. Like you guys have to say so they so that white teacher knows that pressure, you know, and so they might she may have been I'm just trying to give the devil's advocate. Maybe she was alleviating that pressure, not understanding that what she really needed to do is stand up behind you guys. Yeah, that's you what, what I'm saying. saying? Yeah. yeah. She needs a new job. Well, I mean, you know, the, she just all texted people... me not too long ago about bringing her kid to escape because now she has adopted a kid of color. Yeah, well, that's not cool. I don't know. But Maybe when she comes been... in here, I'm gonna have that conversation because that was right before. You need COVID. to refer her to me for the conversation. I will charge you on a slightly bridging the gap. <laughs> right. That's we are building community. That's what we did. That's how we did it. I'm saying, I'm like, I'm for real for that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I see you. I know you are. Yeah, girl, can we need to have these conversations with these white, meet, white, well-meaning people who are who are screwing up our little kids? Like, we need to do this liberal progressiveness. They need help, and I, I really think because I grew up here mm-hmm. for the most part that these white folks are ignorant to their to their the trauma that they are actually inflicting. 2020, I'm tired of y'all being ignorant of the, of the trauma that you are inflicting. So mm-hmm. I have decided, because I have a big heart, that you will now pay me to help you right. see the light. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because in my heart, you someone needs to talk to you. Yeah. And nobody wants to. Mm-hmm. And so I will talk to these white folks, but you will have to pay me for my time. Yep. You know what I, I mean? I don't blame you. It's taxing. That, But it's necessary. Right, right. Because they are going to continue to adopt black kids. They're going to continue to be teaching black history without having the black representation. They're going to continue. Someone has to talk to them in a way that they can understand very slowly and un- understanding that they're, they're privileged, that they don't get it. It's got to be long term. Don't nobody have time for that. So I'm willing to do that mm-hmm. if they pay me. Right. You know what I mean? I do it now because I, I think it needs to be known. And I think that a lot. I understand white folks growing up here better than they will ever understand me. Mm-hmm. So because of my big bleeding heart, I I decided you know honestly because that's what that is. This is a lot of effort. Yeah, and you have to you have to put we have to put that effort in to understand them white folks at that level because we want to exist here. Yes, they don't have to put that effort into us because nope. they're they're dominant. Nope. But we have to do all this type of understanding and conforming and moving around to just to. Just to be here. To just to be here. Yeah. So we'll always know them better. We'll always right. know them better than they right. will know us. F- always. Always. So anyway. Damn. Okay, you guys. We did it. <laughs> How do you feel? Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs> you all right, girl? I know. You kind of like, oh, we're going to have to get together. Oh, <laughs> we're going to have to hug on from the side. Right? <laughs> we're going to have to hug on from the side. 
<laughs> you know we got you. But um, thank you guys both for coming onto my show. I've been wanting to have y'all on the show. Um, I have people who come on normally with me all the time, which we have. You know, I Stormy's here all the time. And yeah. We've been we and she supports me. Uh, Mallory supports me. We're always here. Um, and I, I, we all love to have more people come in from more perspective. Mm-hmm. And last night, I mean, I've always seen y'all, of course, but I'm looking at, you know, next week I'm, we're hopefully we'll have Maddie and Spencer on, yes. you know, Maddie and Smith. We have someone, uh, the week after that, that I don't even believe is from here. I also want to say I do, I am learning astrology and I'm getting all right at it. But my brother, who I love very, very much, um, he has a podcast called, uh, the power of, Th- of thought. What? Yeah, and he works in social stuff with astrology. Okay. And because he's a sociology, he's a sociologist. He's getting his PhD right now. But he also works in the astrology. So this power of thought um, comes on on Fridays, I believe, at 1230. Uh, is when he, I don't know if he records it then or plays it, but just look for it in podcasts everywhere. We, he, he's already done one with me, which where he wanted to ask me what where Black Girl from Eugene came from. It's a really good podcast. I talk very intimately about why I chose the name Black Girl from Eugene. Um, it's very, it's, it wasn't just a thing. It was yeah. very, very pointed, you know. Yeah. And then this week we're going to talk about the astrology that's happening in this crazy week, this crazy month. I'm here All for these it. retrogrades, mm-hmm. all this stuff going on. So if that interests you in any way and you're a little bit woo, then come on over. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, and, you know, I play with the woo. So um, come on over and check us out. We're going to be doing it. And I'm not as good as him. So he is, he's so sweet. He's like, you need to read up on Mars and get your shit together before the podcast. I'm like, all right. You know? So, so I got some studying to do. This is my little brother. He's, he's a big, he got big chops though. Like he, I'm super proud of Ian. So, um, yeah. So anyway, if you guys are interested in that, join us on The Power of Thought. It's going to be great. And um, check out Escape. And we are going to miss you because we're losing yet another black person to L.A. <laughs> you <know>? But you're <laughs> doing your dance, it. right? I am. Your career is going to pop off. And when so. you're out there, I'm going to be like, you know me. Don't act like yeah, you right. don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> I had you on my podcast, remember? <laughs> I'm come back to share my story. Right. That's right. Yes. That's right. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's uh, scary and exciting at the same time. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. You're ready yeah. to go. You know, yeah, someone here. Look, Vanessa got you. You you got yourself so far. LA got the place where it's gonna take you to the next level. Yeah, right. I'm has, almost sure of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, you guys, that's it for us. I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? Last time Stormy did something that was really smart. So she kind of went through here. Oh lord, I don't know if I can do it like this. And uh, there's a lot of comments. Just I got like, there was okay. a lot. Oh, Angie had a question. Do you suggest the police online or know of a resource to help with? Policies, voting, uh, what could provide, uh, who that can provide information. The NAACP has those uh, that um, just the Oregon State Legislature, like we said, O L I S. I will write to you so that you know what it is. That says legislation uh, that you, that goes through Oregon all the time that you can look at that we just learned about. So that seems to be a spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and honestly, going back through the people who um, who uh, um, even where you work. You can actually ask where the funding streams come from. Your supervisor and the director of wherever you work will, will hate you for it, but they, but you can do that, and you can look at where it's going. It's absolutely, uh, it's, it's supposed to be public knowledge. Mm-hmm. So um, there's that. The same thing happened to me. Okay, we're not, I'm just going through questions, y'all. Um, thanks for the link. You're still on camera. Uh, yeah, you're, 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 y'all can dance. You can't look at my girl who's still alive. 
beautiful people. Thank you, Jane. I'm just kind of scrolling through to see if we have... Okay, um, it's popping, though. Yeah, Google unprofessional hairstyles and professional hairstyles, and you will need a confirmation of the con this conditioning. Yeah, that's true. Uh, little Eric, that's my nephew. Okay, nephew. Okay, come through. <laughs> okay, and then we've got um, uh, Google professional. I said that again. Ambrosia, hey, hey. Um, today, you are you. That is truer than true. There's there is no one Dr. alive Seuss? who is... Who newer than you. Who called a Dr. Seuss? Somebody don't know about Someone named Renee. Someone named Renee. Yeah, I know Renee. Google Dr. Seuss and all the racist for real. imagery and That's symbolism in his books. Girl, I almost stopped and was like, I don't want to say who said it. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. And that person knew me from, from day one, mm. right? But that's Zips tea. They're gonna slide yeah. into the Patreon. Is that what they're about to do? They have not I'm slid sorry. into the Patreon. Actually, she is not a Patreon supporter. Food for Lane County is looking for an equity leader. Uh, hey, that's out there, y'all. Please, uh, <laughs> please look at an application and see if you are interested. That is Josie McCarthy saying food for Lane County. Now there you go. An equity leader. Hey, that needs to be a black person. You know, yeah, it needs that to that's be. That's a that. Yeah. That sounds like a great hey, information. Hey, y'all. You know, look it up, black folks. Um, I'm talking to black folks about that job. Just saying. Um, moving on. Let me see. I know if you're... Blah, blah, blah. I'm just looking for questions, y'all, just so you know, so we can maybe address them now. I see a lot of... Um, so, Aisha, you are teaching us to listen, so we say... All right. Um, yes, protecting... So, there's a lot of comments going on. I'm not looking at a lot of questions right now. I think that's what we have. If you guys continue to have questions, I'm here for it. Uh, hit me up in my inbox. I will uh, take some time to do it. Now, mind you that I'm not going to be taking all day doing it because I do get paid for that. But if you want to do more and you want to have some time with me, hit up my Patreon. I got a couple people who pay, who did at the $25 tier where you get 30 minutes of question and answer with me and I will do it every single month. And obviously I can't talk in 30 minutes because it's going to be longer than that. So, uh, <laughs> so just so you know, I say 30 minutes, but we're going to be on until we get the situation taken care of. <laughs> but um, So it's question and answer, $25 level tier. But most honestly, $5 helps. $5 I'm just, when people send me these messages they've been sending me, I'm just going to send the link to your Patreon and yep. be like, you can talk to Aisha about no, that. No, for real. <laughs> for, like for real. That's for real. <laughs> because, I'm yeah. taking, because I, you know how much, I, girl, I looked at my time on I, my iPhone, it was like, oh, you have increased your time on the phone by like thousands of hours. You know? <laughs> I'm like, shit, because that's all I'm doing is answering questions yeah. in that. Like, it's like, I, I think I had 11 hours on my phone the other day. Yeah, or yeah girl. And I am not, like, looking at pictures. I'm missing out on my locks and everything. I can't even look at Beyonce like I was You know what I'm saying? I can't time do what I do money. on Instagram. Right. Like, I'm working this whole damn time. Okay, let's see. All employers lead to have a protocol how to handle racism and discrimination. Yeah, they could well, have, they can have a protocol, and I think they need to have a protocol, but they also could just, like, put it in the policy. You know? Yeah, can we <laughs> get know? preventative? Prevent, like, right, proactive. Can you, can you go back and check your hiring practices? Yeah, right. And then when you talk about your hiring practices, look at the questions that you have about diversity and inclusion. How much is it weighed? When If you're doing a weigh system of what question means more on this, how, how important is it to your company or to your industry or to whatever that that person answers in a well-qualified uh, allyship type of answer to their uh, that there's no piece of their answer that reeks racism in any way then you talking you see what I'm saying right. because if you're gonna let people who's like yeah they had really good references but their racism in this thing was rough don't worry we can train them you are the problem 
You cannot train them. They need no. to come that way, you know? And unfortunately, there's a lot of people um, who are missing that point, you know? Weed them out. Yeah, weed them out. That's how it goes. you got to be proactive about it. How do you think you're going to change a racist to not be a racist because they work for you? How's that um, work? I know that you can't. <laughs> from experience. Oh, I know from experience that you, I don't give a shit. From you just can't. You cannot do you it. Can't. No, but no, you can't. That's for me. Like, you can't. Yeah. Remember Listen. when I tried to do that? Yeah, so remember uh, when I try to do that? So, yeah. uh, Ferriel <laughs> says, uh, this here. is about systematic human genocide uh, by, uh, yep, oligarchy, the, uh, the cages, the institutional racism, police accountability, all of that. So, it looks like pretty good, y'all. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We still got a, a good follow people here. I'm so thankful for all of you. I'm just trying to go through here. This ain't no new conversation. I hope if I miss your, your question, it's because of a thousand things up here. And it's not because I don't love y'all. I do love y'all. Um, I'm just trying to make sure we can get through it and I don't spend another half hour looking through it. Um, so it says, you're on the air, 97.3. All right, right on. Streaming, Ch check me out all there. Hey, Sharice was looking at some point. Hey, Sharice. Hey, um, hey. Yeah, Sean, the person who was talking last night's here. Hey, Sean. Uh, we were very moved by what you said last night, yeah. all of us. <clears throat> we got your back, man. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. All right, y'all. Um, thank you so much. I will see you again next week. Like I said before, we're going to have Maddie and Spencer Smith on, and we're going to have a really good time talking, and I want y'all, those are the, the two young activists that um, created the march that we had here that, that generated over 10,000 people, and it was completely peaceful, and it was a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So check us out next week, and peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.